Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Deported live. To the uttermost. That means completely, totally, all the way to the end. Hallelujah. Because he is an untransferable priesthood. Okay. Nothing is this. I, I realize that as I travel around, as I read and I watch, and, and, and I, I'm definitely aware, you know, we are, we, are, we are a generation that is so highly wired and so closely connected that you are able to tell what is being preached and what is not being preached. I remember a great man of God many years ago that I grew up under, and, and he said this, he said that uh, one of the greatest neglect of the body of Christ is a failure to understand and to teach the high priesthood of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when I heard that many years ago, I, I prayed and I told the Lord, please teach me about the high priesthood of our Lord Jesus. At that time, I knew nothing. But I heard this great man of God say that it's the most neglected subject. In fact, strong meat in Hebrews is in reference to the high priesthood of Melchizedek, our Lord Jesus. So I asked the Lord to teach me, and what I'm going to share with you people is something that has come down through the years, and I pray that you'll be blessed. Okay? Because today you have a high priest. You have a high priest. When you think about it, the Lord Jesus came here, lived here for 33 and a half years, and then gave his life as a sin offering on the cross on our behalf. But then he lives forever. God raised him from the dead, and he lives forever as our high priest. It's been 2,000 years now. The high priesthood ministry should be emphasized in the body of Christ. It should be taught. And, and a lot of people have this idea, the high priest today is waiting for you to sin so that he can function. And then you come to him and confess your sins so that he can forgive you of your sins. That's the only thing that people know about the high priest. And friend, they don't realize that today... This is going to be a shock for some people. The Lord Jesus is not putting away your sin. He has put them, if you read Hebrews 10, by one sacrifice forever. All right? So today, He's not putting away your sin. All right? He will deal with you. Yes. He will shepherd you. He will feed you. Today, the high priesthood is for the necessities of this life, the trials you go through. Amen. It's for the assurance of your salvation. It's for the hope that you have as a helmet. He is here today for you, and we have a strong representation in heaven. Amen. So we are so sin conscious that we even forget as if the Lord Jesus as high priest is today functioning as a sin offering still or putting away our sin. No, friend. The reason he is our high priest is based on the foundation of his finished work at Calvary, where he put away all our sins. For by one sacrifice, the Bible says, Amen. He put away sin by the sacrifice of himself, and he sat down. He didn't sit down because he is God's son. He's, he's always God's son, but he sat down by virtue of the fact he purged our sins, or else he would never sit down. 
He sat down by virtue of the fact, having touched our sins, Hebrews 1. He sat down. Are you listening? So today, He's not putting away your sin. He has put away your sin if you believe on Him. Amen. Amen. So what do, I, what do I do, Pastor Prince, when I sin? You can talk to Him. Yes, no problem. But thank Him that the work is done. But the function of the high priest, remember the high priest was not there in the captivity of uh, Israel in Egypt. He wasn't there. Aaron was there, but he wasn't the high priest yet. He wasn't there when they crossed the Red Sea. He wasn't there when they arrived at Mount Sinai. The high priest is a provision that God gave them for their wilderness journey. How many of you know that this side of heaven, our earth is a wilderness? I'm going to say amen. So all the things that happened to Israel in the wilderness are examples and types for us today. We can learn a lot of things. Like for example, we need the manna every day. The manna comes early in the morning every day, and that, 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 those are like bite-sized portions of Christ. Amen. And, and Jesus referred to that, I am the bread of life. Amen. Not the real manna. That's a type of me. He says, I am the real food. I am the real bread. I am the bread of life, y'all. Amen? So, the bread of life comes down, and we partake every day. I know a lot of people don't partake. A lot of people don't believe. Man does not live by bread alone. They act like they do, and they wonder why they are sick spiritually, why they are full of uh, stress and distress and worry and fears and depression. They don't realize that man was not designed just to eat food bread alone, but every word of God. It's not enough just on a Sunday, people. Can I have a good amen? Now, what is the function of the high priest? Look up here. Hebrews chapter 5. For every high priest taken from among men, I love this verse, because for me, when God gave me this verse, Years ago to understand the high priest. God underlined a few things here for me that I, I began to understand. First of all, he says, for every high priest taken from among men. So every high priest is taken from among men. Every high priest is taken from among men. A few years ago, the Lord asked me this question. Why was Aaron, Moses' brother, chosen as the high priest? Moses was the leader. Moses was the one God spoke to. Moses brought the people out of Egypt. Moses brought them to the Red Sea. Moses brought them to Mount Sinai. Moses received the two tablets of the Ten Commandments. Yet, God chose Aaron to be the high priest. Chosen from among men. And I, 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 I didn't have the answer. I know I've shared this with you already, but at that point in time, I don't have the answer. And the Lord gave me this verse, this passage, because the Bible says, Every high priest taken from among men is appointed for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both the gifts and sacrifices for sins. That's what they do back then. All right? Now today our Lord just offers gifts. There's no more offering sin sacrifice, sin offerings. Okay? He, the high priest, can have compassion on those who are ignorant. There are people who sin because they are ignorant. Hence the Apostle Paul says, What? Know you not? No, you not. No, you not. No, you not. We shall judge angels. Can you even judge things amongst yourself? Why fight and have strife with each other? People, we're going to judge angels. Amen. You know, and uh, why, why say you are Apollos and you are Paul and, and, and you are this and you are that? You know, don't you know all things are yours? And when, uh, uh, when it comes to sexual immorality, what? No, you not that your body is, present tense, 
the temple of the Holy Spirit. Hmm? Everywhere you go, you are a walking temple. And the temple of God is beautiful. The original design is beautiful. Amen. So God says, the reason is that God has a high priest that he can have compassion on those who are ignorant. Or if they're not ignorant, they know something, they are going astray. People who are going astray all the time. Maybe it's your teenager. Maybe it's your, your, your wife, your spouse, or your husband, or whatever it is. They're going astray. Well, the Lord can have compassion on them. Okay? Since he himself is also subject to weakness. To weakness. So we see why God chose Aaron, Moses' brother, instead of Moses. Where was Aaron when Israel was suffering the whiplash of the hard taskmasters of Egypt? He was amongst them. Where was Moses at that time? He was in the palace living in comparative ease and luxury. So in other words, God ordained for the high priest that God wants, God wants someone who comes from the ranks of his suffering people. God doesn't want someone who lives in luxury, and hence he sent his son, and his son lived with us. He was born in a manger from day one, all right, his, his circumstances. He was from the royal line of David, but he was born in a manger. And even that manger, I can show you from scripture that that manger was actually the house of David, his uh, his great-great-great-grandfather, he came from that line. It's called uh, uh, an inn in the Old Testament. And how he came back to his own place, his own inheritance, and there was no room for him in the inn. How at the time, the scepter is no more ruling. A pseudo-king, who is not a, a, even a, a Jewish, uh, from a Jewish line. He's from the Edomite line. King Herod was ruling on the throne. He came. He walked among us. People, our Lord Jesus today is not just God. He's perfect man. A superior man. A sinless man. And he, his feet touched the soil of our earth. He, among, he walked among us. He, he cried with us. He felt our suffering. He was among the suffering people. Somehow Jesus and suffering people always go together. They will find him or he will find them. Amen. He has compassion on them. He loves them. He could very easily have flaunted his qualifications and find himself in the palace or in the good books of King Herod, especially when he's able to do miracles and Herod would have given him a position. But no, he's amongst the people. Why? One of the reasons that he's going to be the high priest. We need a high priest who can have compassion on our weaknesses. A high priest who went through all the trials and vicissitudes of being a man. Amen. Many a times he was grieved. Many a times his heart was broken. He was tired. He slept in the boat. And if you read carefully, you find that the preceding chapters tell us he'd been up the whole night praying. And naturally, he was tired. Don't forget, he's also man. Are you with me? So this, the Word of God says, every high priest taken from among men is appointed for men. Say, for men. 
in things pertaining to God. Say, to God. So for man, to God. It is for man's benefit and unto God. So I like to do it this way. Look here. It is not a prophet. A prophet is for God, to man. He speaks for God, to man. But a priest speaks to God, for man. He is for man's benefit. He is on our side. A prophet in the Old Testament, you'll find many a times, of course, he takes God's side, right? and sometimes even against the people. Right. Amen. Even though we can, we can argue it's actually for the good of the people. But technically speaking, their position is for God to man. But a priest is for man to God. Are you with me? Aren't you glad the Bible doesn't say he is our great high prophet? Never do you find that. Is Jesus a prophet? Yes, the Bible says, uh, Moses says, A prophet will God raise like unto me. Him shall you hearken, and anyone who doesn't listen to him will be cut off. So he is a prophet, but in the book of Hebrews, he is known as the great high priest. I love it because I love the, I love the word, the extrapolation there. Great. Because high priest, Israel had many, but Jesus supersedes them all. He's not just high priest, he is great high priest. Hallelujah. I love the great. Amen. We have a stronger representation. A greater tenderness in this high priest. Amen. A superior person representing you. Praise the name of God. All right. So it's four men, two God. I'm going to invite my high priest to come at this time. I didn't want him to be from there from the start because... Poor chat, he's going to stand as long as I preach, man. And you know how long I preach, right? So here comes the high priest. And as he comes, can we have this removed just farther away? As he comes, stand over here. Now this is the high priest's garment. First and foremost, I want to tell you this. This does not mean that our Lord Jesus today is dressed like this in heaven. All this God designed, and it's mentioned in detail in Exodus 28. You can follow me in Exodus 28. We have the verses on the screen. But every detail is mentioned in Exodus 28. Okay? So it's not presumptuousness here in terms of design, even the colors, even the stones, even the, 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 the golden template. All right, everything, gold, everything that is colorful, everything that's material, there's meaning in every color, there's meaning in every material, there's meaning in every detail. Amen? Are you ready for it? Fasten your spiritual seatbelt. You're in for a ride. All right, first and foremost, the Bible tells us in Exodus 28, you shall make holy garments for Aaron. Aaron was the first high priest, don't forget. So when you see Aaron now, when you see Aaron now, remember, uh, by the way, Aaron, the name Aaron, uh, in Hebrew means very exalted, very high. He's meant to be the high priest. But our Lord Jesus is a great high priest. Amen? Aaron, this clothing, uh, outward and visual for our learning. Our Lord Jesus is not wearing this. All that is outward is true of Him essentially. This is outward for visual aid, instruction for us to learn. Amen? That our minds might be occupied with what a wonderful occupation, holy occupation. Amen? Amen? 
I'm telling you, people are being their minds are designed to be occupied. So instead of being occupied with the things of God, they are occupied with 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 lust and uh, and uh, all kinds of filth and all, and depression and negative thinking. It's time for us to have material for our occupation. What a holy, wonderful occupation. Amen. So God designed everything outward for our, our, our learning. But Christ, He has all this essentially as a person. Notice the verse says, You shall make holy garments for Aaron, your brother, for glory and for beauty. For glory and for beauty. Now in Aaron's case, the clothes give him dignity. In our Lord's case, He, our Lord, dignifies the office. Are you listening? In Aaron's case, the clothes give Aaron dignity. In our Lord's case, you know, I love the way the book of Hebrews is written. Every chapter, the Spirit of God, I can see the Holy Spirit's occupation. He wants to remove something good and give the best. You know, you see him like in chapter 1, chapter 2. He removes Moses the servant. Moses was faithful, but as a servant. And he puts in the son. The servant does not abide forever. The son does. And then he talks about the Levitical priesthood. Right? He talks about angels before that. Of all the angels, none of the angels did God ever say this. And then he removed the angels and put in Jesus. Amen. Then he, he, he replaced uh, Levitical priesthood and bring in the priesthood of Melchizedek. He removes, finally in Hebrews 12, he removes all the great men of faith. All right? He removes from our, 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 our uh, occupation. He removes them and he puts looking unto Jesus. At the end of the Hall of Faith, Hebrews 11, chapter 12 begins with looking unto Jesus. I love it. I love the way the Holy Spirit removes everything. Thank you for tuning in to our broadcast. You have watched highlights of a sermon by Joseph Prince. To order an audio CD of the full sermon, which is approximately 60 minutes long, call the toll-free number at one 877 4300 or log on to josephprince.org now. Next on Destined to Reign. Our Lord Jesus, when he went to the cross, he didn't go down alone. He went there as all of us. And so we can say, I have been crucified with Christ. Amen. I have been raised with Christ. No matter what your need is, God's heart is to give you his supply because he loves you. This month, as a thank you for your gift of any amount, we'll send you Joseph's latest three-CD audio series, Receive Your Miracle. Beloved child of God, your Heavenly Father wants to take care of you. Find out how you can walk under an open heaven of God's blessings and freely receive your breakthrough today. For a specific gift, we'll send you a special collection that includes Joseph's special six-DVD box set. Accepted, blessed, and loved. Understanding your identity through a study of the high priest garments. You'll get a fresh perspective of how precious and beloved you are in God's sight and how closely he holds you to his heart. You'll also receive Joseph's new two-DVD album, Let Go and Let His Supply Flow. Learn how you can cease from striving and allow God's abundant supply to flow in your life. Request these and other faith-building resources. Feed on God's love and see his goodness manifest in your life. To order these resources, call us toll-free at one 901 or visit us at josephprince.org today.
with rheumatoid arthritis um, since I was in my late 20s. I knew there was a spiritual side to the Lord's Supper, that it wasn't just a symbol. I really never thought about the physical aspect of that until I read Pastor Prince's teaching on that. After about a week and a half of taking the Lord's Supper, I woke up one morning and I had no swelling in my hands. And um, that was just miraculous for me. And as I began to have that, morning after morning, um, I began to walk in that and just say, this is this has occurred. It is a healing. So, you know, now it's just I walk in freedom from this moment on. I walk pain-free in freedom, and I'm so thankful, so thankful. And I think the second half of my life is going to be so different from the first, and I love that. Hello, this is Joseph Prince. I just want to thank all Grace Revolution partners for stepping forward and supporting the various humanitarian initiatives that is making the world we live in a better place. Your generous financial support allows us to impact more people with the love of Jesus in powerful and practical ways. Thank you for being a Grace Revolution partner and making a difference for the glory of our Lord Jesus. Joseph Prince Ministries is passionate about making a difference in the lives of children in crisis. Through our missions initiatives and outreach programs, we provide these precious ones with opportunities to break out of the cycle of poverty and to come to know the saving grace of our Lord Jesus. Dear friends, you too can play a part today. Be a Grace Revolution partner as we reach out to the world with the love of Jesus. Call us toll-free at one 901 or visit us at josephprince.org slash partner today. Jesus said we got put new wine, grace, into the old wine skin because the new wine was for land and you will lose both. Under law, God said, I'll by no means pass by your transgressions, but I'll visit your sins to the third and fourth generation. But under grace, God says, I will be merciful to your unrighteousness. And your sins, I will remember no more. Ministries is a Section 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax deductible for the amount that exceeds any fair market value of the materials you receive from us. Joseph Prince Ministries believes that your tithes belong to your local church. Your donations to the ministry are received as offerings to support the preaching of the gospel of grace. program was sponsored by the friends and partners of Joseph Prince Ministries. This month, for your love gift of any amount, the Word Network would love to send you this elegant gold Star of David necklace. In the middle are 12 crystal stones, symbolic for the sons of Jacob, who eventually became the 12 tribes of Israel. Wear this beautiful conversation starter and use it as a way to share your faith in Christ and the hope he brings to mankind. Your Word Network is continuing to proclaim the Word around the world, and we need to hear from you today. Call
wish I had some sanctified folk that could get up on your feet. Anybody remember how we used to have church? Somebody had a tambourine. Somebody had a washboard.
I'm coming. All right, I'm changing phones. Praise the Lord, everybody. Yep, yep, yep. How you doing? Changing phones. Oh. You know what? You ain't got to get all thinking. Ooh. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Who am I speaking? Who is this? This is Felicia. Oh, hey, girl, what's going on? I just took your voice and you all bright and you look at that baby. How you doing? I am well. I miss y'all. Yeah, I miss you too. Where you been, girl? See what has happened. I know what happened. <laughs> my um my headphones had went out, so I had to buy some more. Oh, okay. Yeah. So without my headphones, I couldn't get on the call. Oh. Uh, yeah, but I'm back. Well, girl, I'm, back. I'm glad that you're back. I'm glad that you're back, girl. I'm, you know I'm glad you're back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am so glad. Now, y'all, I need your advice now. I'm, I'm on my way to... um. I got a call for an interview. Am I, y'all, this is what I'm saying. I got a lot of stuff going on with me now, so I got a call for an interview. And, I, and I'm really, I want to interview because I want not, I want to meet this lady because I know they're going to be opening up new positions. And I know I, right now, what, what stage I'm in right now, I can't take any jobs right now because of my medical. I, 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 I'm, I, am I doing the right thing by going to the interview? I should have just called and just canceled. Because I, I don't know what lies ahead, but. Medically, I don't want to be in and out, in and out, in and out. You understand what I'm saying? And just right. start, just starting a new job. So should I call? Should I call and 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 and, and reschedule or decline the position? Because I want to. I don't like burning bridges. I really don't. But I I I I, I don't want to go and lead this lady that she got a potential, a good candidate to work, and then I can't work. You know what? What you do is you go in. And you tell them the situation. You know what I mean? Because the thing is, sometimes what happens is we um, we we over we are, we overthink it. And yeah, because I was told that I had a lot of medical stuff that's going on before. Uh, you know, they called. I'm, gonna t- I'm not going to tell them what I have, but I'm going to tell them I got a lot of medical stuff that's going on. But I don't want that to deter me from being hired. You feel what I'm saying? Right, right. So you just let them know. You know, and just like you told her, you know, my, you my know, girlfriend already told one of the girls that I was a candidate for bariatrics. So I mean, uh, that's just what I'm gonna tell them. I'm gonna leave it right there, but um, I don't want her to. Well, I'm just gonna introduce myself and then something coming over. But I was, I was debating on whether I should go or not because I mean, I have a lot of stuff going on coming, coming, finna come up and go on that I ain't gonna be able to start. I mean, like today I got a job. I'm supposed to start this evening. I got to turn that down because I can't. Because of the temp agency, I'm going to have to be reassigned to at a later date. I'd rather to be reassigned than to not go, than to go in and not show up. So right. I, I have to call them and let them know that I can't take that job because i got a lot of medical obligations. And that's what my boo-boos told me to just say. Batman told me to say i got a lot of medical obligations that I have to keep. Okay, but so today is just the interview, correct? Today is interview. I mean, I have two. Today is the interview, and today is going to start a job. And I can't because tomorrow i got to be in, in um. I thought to start today. Okay. Well, as far as the interview is concerned, you can go through the interview. Yeah, I am. I'm yeah. gonna go and meet her because like I don't burn bridges like that. I want to meet the person who's hiring. That way, she remember me in the future. Right. 
I told my girlfriend that I didn't want to break. And I got people who, who who's an advocate for me in the office already because I worked with them before. See, that's uh-huh. not them. And then she already, she her concern is that I'm overqualified for the position that she's, um, she's trying to hire right now. She already said I'm over, overqualified. <laughs> the lady already over, the lady said I was overqualified. She was afraid that I was going to take it anyway because it was what the fake. Uh-huh. So I'm just like, sit this some kind of way right there. Because <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. I'm going to interview only because I want, I don't, I'm going to meet her so she can see me and meet me. I want to meet my personality, meet my skills, meet all of me. Uh, put a face with a with a with a resume, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I just I just I just felt kind of should I take this position? Should I go? Because mm-hmm. I know that I'm not gonna take it, but I need to go. I'm asking my own stuff. But anyway, then, <clears throat> anyway, I'm gonna, I'm on my way now, so I'll be at nine. But um, it's good that we are in the house of the Lord, of the Lord on the call one more time to be here one more time to say good morning to God, you know. Um. We had a wonderful service yesterday. Good morning. Make sure you call me. I got to tell you why he's so grouchy. What? What you say? Make sure you call me. I got to tell you why he's so grouchy. Who, Sam? Yeah. You Stop. know, he'll be all right. He'll be all right. Stop. But anyway, he, he, get his trash can and let him go where he need to go. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, we had a wonderful service on yesterday, and... and, and and the sermon topic for the day is responding to the call. And he went on to say about Zachariah. Zacharias wanted, he was a, a tax collector, and he wanted to see what all the hoopla about God. So when he went ahead of everybody and climbed up in the sycamore tree and, and tried to wake God and see who this God these people are talking about. So, so when God, you know, God came and said, Zacharias, come down now. So we spoke about um, worshiping God, and we always need to seek Jesus and know who he is and respond to his call because he's going to seek us. He's going to seek and summon us. It's up to us to respond to his call. So um, that's what our lesson was for the day. Uh, and he uses Zacharias as far as um, responding to the call of God because Zacharias is up in that sycamore tree and, and, and God beckoned him to come down now, come down. And he he, he, prior, prior, he immediately came down when God sought him. And he had the humility of obedience because once he came down, he was he had an obedience response because when God said come down, he just came down. He came down expeditiously. So um, it was all about in our lives when God when we when God calls us, we should we should answer. So that's what my lesson for the for the for yesterday was from church. What did you get, Felicia? Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Um, you know what? I did. Uh, I went, you to, I, went to, I went to Sunday school, and then okay. I taught um, the youth discussion. So in Sunday school, we were talking about um, love wow. and, the, and, the different, and the different kinds of love and things. And then um, yesterday, during youth discussion, we were talking about sin mm-hmm. and the definition of sin and um Hold on, I have to go on this for a minute. Okay. Erica? <laughs> Good morning. Good I know morning. you hear me calling your phone. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. How you doing? <laughs> what did you what did you um get today, yesterday? Um, I sent it to you all. It's Hebrew twenty nine. Huh. And her 
Hebrews 29. Uh-huh. And uh, it was, but God. All right, now. All right, now. But God. And it was mm-hmm. it was really, really good. I wish I had recorded it. Oh, uh, really? And, you know, her. From your um, church? Mm-hmm. Okay. It was a female that uh, came in and she spoke, but uh, her subject was but God, and she was really talking about the faith, you know, that uh, the faith, you have to have faith, um, you know, when you're living um, a Christian life and how difficult it can be. Oh, yes. It was um, Hebrews. I'm sorry, it was Hebrews eleven, twenty nine through thirty one, I think that's what I sent you all. But she she you know You ain't sent me nothing. Those I did, you just didn't you I I sent it. And um, a, anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna see. But um she, you know, talked about uh the faith that they had when they um had to go through the Red Sea, the faith that had you know, that had to, you know, that individuals had when they were talking about, um, you know, um, the you know when the walls of Jericho fell, you know, because they had to, you know, um, you know, go around seven times, and then you know she was talking about the faith that Rahab had when she, you know, um, you know, hid those spies. So she was just really talking about the faith, and even when you're in un usual or, you know, uh, uh, compromising positions that your faith in God is going to get you through. And, you know, so she was talking about, you know, basically, regardless of what you're going through and what you're dealing with, if you're doing it, you know, uh, according to God's will and purpose, and she was saying, but God. Mm. 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 But God means. But God, good morning, Dad. <coughs> not you, boo. That's not that's not the sound that I want to hear right about now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus, Sam, what did you learn yesterday? Did you go to church yesterday? Or did you teach? <coughs> Whatever. Oh, Lord, I can just choke him right there. What are you saying? But I go to jail. So anyway, <laughs> oh, God is good all the time. I'm in the phone lane, Jesus, you know, trying to get to this little, don't get over, don't get over me. Um, but, um, but God, we have to look at our life in that aspect. But God, I'm, I know I'm going through some God, but, but God will see me through. <laughs> that's, that's, that's powerful, Eve. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your sharing your word. I I I um I'm on my way to this interview, so y'all pray for me here because I I really have reservations about even going out there. But I I just feel like you know I got to still live, still live, still provide, still do what I got to do. You know. You don't let me in. You don't let me in or what? I ain't road raising y'all. Forgive me. I'm not. I ain't real raging. I'm just trying to get in. That's all. But um, but I I just I just felt that I have to go and and just show my face to this woman and meet her because you know sometimes when people talk about you about what type of person you are and then they schedule this interview based on what people.
say about you. You want to meet, you know, I didn't want to burn that bridge, so to speak. So I'm going to go on out here and shake this woman's hand and let her see the God in me and the goodness in me. And, of course, my professionalism is going to come along with that. But um, I never want to burn a bridge that, that, that can can be um, can be impactful for me and working again, working, you know. Even though I got miles to go before I sleep in slumber, <laughs> but I do, I do, I do feel like I need to just go ahead and um, meet this woman. But you know what? God is good. God is so good. You know, He gives gives us the opportunity to to do to make a choice. Can you imagine not having to make be made a have to make a choice? A lot of people be in trouble. And we didn't have that chance to choose him. I still live in trouble. So, dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you this morning, God, for waking us up to have that right mindset to stay focused on you, your will, and your way in our lives, God. Thank you for continuing to grow us up in your word to study to show ourselves approved. Continue to grant us the blessings from heaven that our heart desires from your hand, God. I thank you for my friends and my family who are on this call today with the same mindset and I'm being on one accord today, God, to seek your faith each and every day. Thank you, God, for sitting down this morning and supping with each and every one of us in our own individual lives. When we go to our our tables of, of, of supplication and giving our our, our care, casting our cares to you, God. I thank you in advance for those for those moments with you. Because if it had not been for you on our side, where would we be? So thank you, God, for the 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 the, the um harvest of the the harvest of obedience in the, that's in us each and every day. Thank you for that soil that feeds our faith. Thank you for that soil being the soil. Thank you, God. But let us continue to grow and nourish our mustard seed of faith through prayer, words of encouragement, surrender, submission, seeking you to do all, to be all for us, and to use us each and every day as your instrument. Thank you, God, for hearing this prayer today. From my heart to your ears. It is in Jesus' name I only submit this prayer to you and I say amen, amen, and amen. <clears throat> I just want to hear him say, Well done. Well done. Well done. That good and faithful stuff. Amen. <laughs> It does your heart good when you're when you're laying it all on the altar because you know you're casting those cares on him because that's what he wants us to do. Give it all to him, and he will fight those battles. Danger seen and unseen. Hallelujah. <laughs> and I can rejoice and know the battle is not mine. <laughs> it's the Lord. Now, I'm going to be on the battlefield. 
But the battle is truly not mine. It's his. That's why I give it to him. Because I can't, I can't, I can't not let worldly situations cloud my bless, my spiritual blessings. You know, I can't let that do that. I can't. I refuse to let it cloud my cloud my judgment. Amen. Are my choices, not judgment, my choices. But I choose him. Amen. Am I in the thing alone? No, I'm not. <laughs> thank you, God. You are not alone. Oh, oh, thank you, boo. <laughs> I know you say, I know you can do it. I know you were there. But <laughs> but um I thank God for 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 friends and 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 the, the like minded folk. The like minded folk. Uh, thank you. I'm done. <clears throat> I don't have a devotion today. I haven't. I, I, I actually, I don't know what, why, but I, I think I um I do have a devotion. You, I always have the Word of God um to share. Hey, just I'm stuck in this traffic right now. I can't share. Rick Warren didn't didn't, didn't show up this morning. I was kind of like deterred by that, but but he'll be all right though. <laughs> Look, he'll be all right though. You know, but um I do have a um devotion to share. Huh? I don't have it yet either. I I I'm, look it up. He might run out of things to say. <laughs> I know, I know, right? I um I do have something to share and um <clears throat> let me get to it first, God Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm not here in the, in the wilderness right now trying to get to this place, and I'm stuck on 20. Lord, have mercy. Lord, am I in the right lane, Jesus? Okay, I might be. I might be in the right lane. Okay, um, the word that I have to share, now see, when you're going through what you're going through, you won't let me, oh, hold on, here it is, okay. The devil is alive. Now see, see how y'all doing me? The devil, okay. One second, I'm trying to get my phone and drive and everything. Y'all better bear with me now. See, this world, this world is rough out here now. You hear me? I wonder why it's not letting me do what I need to do, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Okay. The word will go forth in the name of Jesus. Okay. Well, I, I can't even connect right now. Erica, you got something you want to share? Because I can't even pull my, pull my stuff up right now. I'm driving. I'm looking down. I can't. Hold on. Let's see. Okay. I I have to come back to it right now because I can't find my what I wanted to share right now. Mind the right lane, Lord. Okay. 
No, I'm not. Downtown. Oh Lord Jesus, cover me. But um, I, I can't find it right now. I'm gonna go on this for a minute. Let me go look. All right, y'all want to do y'all list? It's my list, what y'all want to do? Let's start on my list. Yeah. Okay. You got 
the move family hondoro kushire korombrande kushire korombrande kushire korombrande korombrande dudere kodere 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 korombrande kushire kanda korombrande kusan shaka that the tolan family hondoro kushire korombrande kondere 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 and just read on family. Hundred go shit go Mr. 
And then we got City of Refuge. People in the gifting class. And then that Joyce Mason, Alex Johnson, L.A., the first foster. Maria Mathis, and the Gurban negotiation, the
Okay. I got uh, the mastermind group, President Obama. Okay, so we got um, Rosen Hospital. She's the Conrombra, she's the Gossetia, Conrombrando Gossetia, Conrombrando Gossetia, Conrombrando Gossetia, Conrombrando Gossetia, Conrombrando Gossetia, Congregations and churches. <laughs> 
Okay, that's that, buddy. Alright, um, that's all the list of this that I can think of. And, uh, so, I take the prayer request. If I have to a minute, if I can get home to get to the book, so. That's the body of God's song. What did you say? You've done such a great job. I'm proud of you. Oh, happy, happy, joy, joy. Mm-hmm. Don't think I did. Family pressure to minister. Don't think I did. I did. Pressure to minister in the family. So, I'm going to go to the church. 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 Okay. Now, you go ahead and pray for your own list. You also, even though I just pray for my mask, because I'm doing such a great job. Praise already, I thank you. What was that? Praise for my, um, you covered um, my little side. I'm so grateful. Thank you. I can't hear what you're saying, little background woman. So, anyway. Um, like I said, I take prayer requests now because I have no book. Keep up for a minute while I get home, so. If not, we'll let Erica sing. Give us a couple of songs. She carries the tune so well. I think it would be beneficial for her to, to hear the harmonious sound that enunciates from her vocal cords. Yeah, she doesn't want to sing. Oh, well. What are you say? I was just coming in. Good morning. Hey, man, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing okay. Just trying to get my mind in gear about this weather. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you know, baby, just take take off, walk for a change of clothes, and you figure out when as you go along. No time on red. Yeah, that's true. But I still got to get my mind right about it before I step out into it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go from about 80 to 40, and then it takes about five days to get back up to 80 again, boy. You're about crazy. Right. There ain't nothing we can do about it. But deal with right, it. Like, like I, yeah, exactly. Like I said, I'm just trying to get my mind right about it. That's all. Uh-huh. 
Life is going crazy as air. You never know what it's going to do. True. Hey, uh, Sam. Uh-huh. Um, probably sometime this week, I'm going to give you a call because um, you said that you're in construction, right? Right. Okay. So this is what I want to do. So when I'm able to, and that's what I believe in, I'm declaring it, I get the money to go ahead and do the repairs on my house. I want you to give me an estimate about how much it's going to cost me, okay? Okay. Okay, and then once I get the money, the job is yours. Okay. So that way, with you blessing me by uh, being on this prayer line and praying for me, in the meantime, I'm going to try to be a blessing to you. Because this, this is your field of what you do. It makes better sense for me to get a job to you instead of giving it to somebody else. I agree 155%. So you help lift me up, and this is going to help you lift you up. Well, thank you very much, my dear. No problem. Oh, okay. Appreciate you. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, you want me to pray for you? Because like I said, I'm not going to be home for, uh, for a while, so I'm taking care of what you want me to pray for you. Yeah, sure. Amen. 
Thank you, and I received that. Amen. Mm-hmm. How your baby doing? Oh, she's doing fairly well. Um, she's doing a whole lot better than what I expected. Um, I was just telling them yesterday at church that um, before she turned two weeks, she turned over. She's real um, alert. Um, she also looked like she wanted to start cooing. She wanted to start That's what? Cooing, you know, making baby noises when you talk to them, honey. Um, oh, try to make okay, noises right. Back yeah, so she's looking like she's want to do that. And she just turned two weeks last Thursday. Mm. So she's moving ahead and doing things that need to be done. Uh-huh. She's getting into all kinds of trouble in about a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, what you realize what her, what, what, what her legs are for and how to work them? Mm-hmm. Okay. When she starts to crawl, it's a done deal. Yeah, that's She's battling, true. Battling them cats in my house and everything. <laughs> well, one thing I can say, because before my cats, they act like they couldn't get along with each other. Oh, okay. That's the babies here. They're acting like, well, we only got each other, so I guess we're going to have to get along. <laughs> hey. But the old cat, she um when she hears the baby cry, <laughs> she tries to look in oh look in at her or either she'll come and she might tap one of us on the on on the like on the side of the leg or arm. <laughs> and then we'll go over and check on her and then she gets up there and then she tries to look over and like and she'll tap. <laughs> no, okay. I mean, but like I said, they're they're they're, they're real nice about it. So it's gonna be some good um some look some good watch cats. Okay. And one thing I like about them too, they don't like milk, so I don't have to worry about them trying to smell her bottles or anything. Oh, okay. So, because normally you hear about cats liking milk, um, also mm. salmon, and my older cat, she's allergic to salmon. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a rare thing. So I got to make sure whatever cat food I give her, it doesn't have salmon in it. Oh, wow. Mm, what happens if she gets salmon? Huh? What happens if she eats salmon? Oh, she'll run everybody about this house. <laughs> she said what? She would get gas and you'll and you'll be able to detect it. Mm. So she'll get gas? Yeah. Oh wow, okay. Because her previous owner she had told me that's how she found out. Um she kept on feeding her cat food that had salmon in it. Mhm. And we took her to the vet and they told her that she has a reaction to salmon, so don't give it to her. Messing with her digestive system. Oh wow. I'm so glad you told me. I didn't have to find out the hard way. Okay. Okay. Praise God for that. Okay. 
as I feel some changes in the store. I think they're going to begin to more flow more in the. Um, I mean, it's up to the pastor to begin to release it, but I think they're going to start being more spiritually flowing in the giftings and stuff. But it's up to him to get out of his head and flow in the spirit. So. Yeah, uh, that's something that is just very much needed. Uh-huh. But I think the sarcasm needs to leave. <laughs> because when somebody may find it to be funny, the person that you may be talking about isn't finding it funny. It may be a, a legit reason why they do what they do. Uh, uh, oh God. Praise the Lord, everybody. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> You know what? I, I got downtown in, in ATL, and I'm on my way to um to this interview. And, you know, I have my navigating up and, you know, trying to get there in traffic. And my phone stopped working. The navigating stopped working. I couldn't get back. Nothing. Okay? So, you know, Maria said, okay, Lord, that's what you want me to do. I'm going back to the house. <laughs> So I turned myself around because I, I have too much going on. Hold on for just one second. Oh, God. Hold on, okay? I'm back. I'm sorry. Um, But I, I, I my spirit said go home. You're doing too much. <laughs> so, it's, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and stand still. Uh, I'm trying to do a lot at one time, and it's, you know, it's over, it, it can be overwhelming and stressful. And I'm not trying to put any induced stress right now in my life. So, when I, after all this crashing, I said, "Oh, I'm going to the house. I have things that I have to take care of this week medically that need to be done, and you don't need no." You know, added stress. So I have to divert back to pacing myself. Sam, I'll be paced and yep. patient. Yep. Because, you know, sometimes stress can add on a lot of other different things that I don't need right now in my life. Uh-huh. And, and, and and so I'm on my way back home. I did call the lady and tell her that I'd rather just reschedule Um Reschedule at a later time. So I, I right now I, I I really feel that I have to have faith and know He's gonna provide regardless of what I have and don't have, and just pace myself for for what's going on to happen the next steps in my my medical condition. So I have to not be stressed out about getting to work, working, and let God do His work. Mm. You hear me? Mm-hmm. So I'm I, I'm on my way back home now. <laughs> I because mean, I got up, I said, no, I'm not going to go out there because I got too much stuff going on with my health that that comes first. You got to tackle that first, one step at a time. You know, I just called, and I just called the other facility that hired me for today to start at two and told her that I'd rather be reassigned at a later date. I cannot take on too much and be stressed out about trying to get there, trying to have this, have this, have that. I can't do it. And, of course, my mom called and it's right on time and said, don't worry about all that. You take care of your health first. All the other stuff, God going to provide. He's going to provide if you, if you let him provide. And besides, i got a couple thousand in the bank if you need it. 
You know what I'm saying? But I said, no, <laughs> she said that. But um, just to reassure me to go sit out somewhere. <laughs> you know, because she's retired, so I can't, you know. Oh, you know right, she's right, right. she retired. So, I mean, she's got a couple thousand sitting, you know, back, you know, just in case for emergencies and such. So you just, you know, don't try to stress yourself out going there. Get your health right. Get, make sure you cook from clear and present danger. Get your stuff right. And then we'll, we'll look at the job thing. But right now, you need to concentrate on your health. So I'm I'm back. I'm going my way home. Got the phone? Hello? Yes, sir. Oh, oh. But um, like I said, I, 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 I have to do it. Uh, be obedient and go on. Can I have someone? <laughs> Uh, I'm looking at that. Um, I'm looking at that, that world. The world of circumstances. You know what I mean? So I, I, I recognize that. So I got to back, back up and digress from that. So, hey man, I'm done. Did y'all do my part my list? I know. I, 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 I sorry if I interrupted anybody. I apologize for that. No, you don't. You do it all the time. Well, you know what? Three words right by now. Three. Uh huh. <laughs> Three words for you. Got your name all over it. I love you too, babe. But I want to go ahead and lift my, my, my list up if, I, if, if anybody hadn't um, did it. You can lift them up. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father God, dear Heavenly Father God, as I bow before your throne of grace and mercy, Thinking about all the things that you've done in my life, God, I thank you for them. I thank you for them and giving me the heart to lay, to pray for the sick and shut in. Although I'm on that list, God, I know that you are a healer and a deliverer and a supplier, and I know you will heal our temples, God. So I thank you for letting me lift them up to you for your divine healing. As I lay hands upon myself as well as the ones in my heart and the ones in our families, our minds, God, I, I lift up the facets of the sick and shut in to you, God, for your divine healing. Cast out the diseases that man had diagnosed, God. Cast them back to the dry places, God. Continue to heal us from within like only you know how to do, God. Continue to restore our strength back in us. Give us that strength, that that peace and that strength that only you can give, God. Continue to pour into each and every one of us who's going to our, who's in our setback moment, that strength to endure and to keep pressing on. To keep moving, to keep looking up to the hills for which comes all of our help. So right now, God, I speak healing across this land. Right now, God, I speak healing across this land. Right now, in the name of Jesus, healing across this land. It is in Jesus' name I only submit this prayer to you and I say amen, amen, and amen. Amen. God will give us the desires of our heart. 
And my desire is to be healed. So I'm going to continue to give him my desires of my heart. Don't take, I'm not going to take my desire back. I'm going to give it to him. That's a desire of my heart. To be healed and prosper and to be used by him is my desire. Because I already worship and praise his holy name for the things, the great things he has already done. So I thank him. I thank him in advance for the victories already won because I know that once I come through this test, this is my setback, like the bow and arrow. It's going to set me back to thrust me forward. The victory is already here. So, so once I go through this, this trial and this test that I'm going through, I will share my testimony with the world. So they too can be, they too can have the hope. They too can re, to, 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 to have the faith in knowing that if he done it for her, he'll do it for me. So thank God for my healing that is going to take place. Thank God right now for that healing that's going to take place in all of our lives when we're going to and through our, our seasons of tests and trials. Now, understand what I just said, seasons. <laughs> Everybody seems at the same season. So my encouragement to each and every one of us is to continue to till the soil of obedience until your harvest comes. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Did you read the word you read already? Nope. I'm just getting oh. back home, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, goodness. I just thought I would share that. Mm-hmm. Because we all want to live so God can use us. Because when he uses us, to, he uses us to be a blessing to others so that we may be blessed. What's the old saying? It's a blessing to be. It is a blessing to be a blessing for others. And when you bless others, you are blessed by the results of blessing someone else. Did y'all hear what I just said? Those blessings that you share with others to bless them blesses you because it makes you feel good about what you're doing for Him. Hallelujah. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. It's beautiful. It's beautiful to be a blessing to others. Mm. 
Because he's going to give you what you need to bless them. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Mm-mm-mm. Whether it's a hug, a word, a prayer, just a God love you, God bless you. He's going to give you what you need to be a blessing to others. Regardless of what my situation, I'm going to still give God. <laughs> I'm going to still give it to him. I might have a bad day, but I'm still giving God, give, give somebody God. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> I'm going to be like, yes, I am. Yes, I am. So thank you, God, for letting me be a giver and not a taker. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. No, I'm going to mute and I say, I ain't going to say nothing there. Shut up. <laughs> what up? I ain't gonna say nothing. Now another word. I'm gonna let you do the reading and and don't cut us too much. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sometimes we might need to be cut. <laughs> but I'm on I'm on mute now, boo. Mm-hmm. I'm about to change phones. So. Now you don't even do good. See, I can. You know what? Oh, that's okay. Go ahead and change your phone. Mm-hmm. I got to go to the hospital and get pre-opted for tomorrow. Anyway. So you go change for I'm going to talk to everybody else because you ain't talking about this. How y'all doing, ladies? <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm going to talk to the ladies because I know they got sense to talk back. Mm-hmm. Am I, am I Renee, you still there? Renee, is she on mute? Yeah, I'm here. I had to go on mute because the baby was crying. Well, how, how, no? I'm going to ask you how's the grandbaby. I was going to ask you how's the grandbaby. Oh. I was going to ask you how's your grandbaby doing. Oh, she's doing good. Oh, that's great. That's wonderful. That is so wonderful. It's just that she don't have a, a dirty diaper on and she starts cr- screaming at a high heaven. You what well, well, wouldn't you? <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, I'm not mad at him. Oh, I'm not mad at him. <laughs> and see while you was praying, she started getting started, so I had to go ahead and go on mute so You do what you gotta do. Do what you gotta do. Change her pamper. She ain't trying to hear all that witness on her. I don't blame her. Change me. <laughs> uh, thank you. God bless you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, change her. Oh, yeah. She wants to be dry too, honey. That's right. What, so, what is her name? What's her name again? Her name is Enila. I'm sorry. Enila. Enila. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you. Enila. That is pretty. Mm-hmm. And she's going to be small. Ooh. And you know it. Huh? It's the end, you know it. <laughs> oh, I just want to see how she was doing. And I know you had a old grandmama moment over there. But uh, a night, that's a pretty name. Yeah, Nyla Denise. Oh, Nyla, Nyla Denise? Uh-huh. Well, God bless the child. 
And her name does have a meaning to it. It means beauty within. Yep. Beauty within. Oh, that's nice. That's real nice. Beauty within. Mm Mhm. That's nice. Oh, I just wanted to check and see how the baby was doing because I know I I know she had it. I just hadn't mentioned, hadn't heard her name called on a call yet. Well, we have heard it, but I haven't heard it, so I was just checking on to see how she was doing. That's pretty. Oh, she's not here. I hear now. <laughs> she wants to tell me, hey. You see what she's telling me? Hey. Hey, girl. Okay. <laughs> she's speaking to me. See? Okay. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Anila, that's pretty. Okay, man. Oh, she's going to be spoiled rotten, too. I can see it now. Grandma gonna spoil her to the nineteenth power. Mhm. Mhm. And she just steady on over there and talking. That's talking. There ain't no crying. That's talking to y'all. Don't be talking about me. Cause I'm 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 beautifully and marvelously made. So don't be talking about me. That's what you're telling us. <laughs> That's right. You don't want to hear nothing y'all got to say about me because I'm good. Okay. Oh, God, you know. All about my troubles. Ooh, thank you. Mm-mm-mm. Did Sam get back on yet? No. You know what? Oh, Lord, Jesus. You know what? You better know, you God, I love you, bro. I love you, bro. Woo! Uh-uh, <laughs> You got your book? You ready? No. You know what? I'm going to be on mute. Are you going to listen to it? Huh? Is it good? Because I'm going to let the music play. You know what? Let it play. <laughs> Let the music play. Uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. Don't sing it. Let, if you hear it, Jody, Jody Watson, Jody Watson, let the music play. Which one is it? What up? Can you hear it? Oh, man. Tell me, say.
Father God, we come before you, share the seeking your word. Let the word of God rise up inside of us, Father. Let the anointing of Christ rise up inside of us, share the Help us, Father, to see and to hear from you. As you divinely instruct, reveal, and keep us inside of your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray, man. See where we at, where we at. Okay. The soul is life. When we say the soul is the natural life of man, we mean it as a power which preserves preserves us alive in the flesh. Our soul is our life. The original word employed in Genesis one twenty four and twenty one 21 and 24 for living creature is soul because this soul is the life of human beings and other living creatures share in common. This is the power we naturally possess and by which we live before our regeneration. <clears throat> it's the life which every man has. The Greek lexicon gives the original meaning of psych as animal life so that the soul life is what makes man a living creature. It belongs to the natural. Though the soul life may not necessarily be evil, since many sins have been overcome by believers through their old man being crucified with Christ, yet it remains natural. It is the life of man, hence it is most human. It makes man a perfectly human being. Perhaps it is good, loving, and humble. Nonetheless, it is but human. This life is entirely distinct from the new life the Holy Spirit gives us a new birth. What the Holy Spirit imparts is God's uncreated life, this up, this others but man's created life. This Holy Spirit grants us supernatural power. This others merely the natural. The Holy Spirit gives us Zoe. This others the psyche. Life is that power within a man which animates every member of his body. Hence his inward solical power finds expression through the outward physical activity. The outer activity is but the effect of the inner power. What therefore lies unseen behind the activity is the substance of life. All we naturally are is included in that life. That is our soul life. Soul life supplies the energy for executing whatever is commanded. If the spirit rules, the soul will be directed by the spirit to exercise its volition, to decide or to do on behalf of the spirit's desire. If, however, sin reigns in the body, the soul will be enticed by sin into using its, devi- using its volition to decide or to do what the sin desires. The soul works according to its master for functions and execution orders. Prior to man's fall, it's committed, it's committed its power to the spirit's direction, but after the fall, it's responded completely to sin's coercion. Because man turned into a fleshly being, this sin which afterwards reigned in the human body became man's nature, enslaving the soul and the life of man and compelling him to walk after sin. In this way, sin became man's nature while soul became man's life. 
We often treat life and nature as synonymous and co-significant. Strictly speaking, they are different. Life, it would appear, is much broader than nature. Each life possesses a special special nature, which being the natural principle of existence includes life, disposition, and desire. While we are yet sinners, our life is our soul and our nature is sin. By the soul we live and the disposition and desire of our life are according to sin. To put it another way, what decides our walk is sin, but what supplies the strength of, but what supplies the strength to walk in that fashion sinfully is the soul. The nature of sin initiates while the life of the soul energizes. Sin originates, soul executes. Such is the condition of an unbeliever. When a believer accepts the grace of our Lord Jesus in being his substitute on the cross, although he may remain woefully ignorant of his being crucified with Christ, he is given God's life nonetheless and has his spirit quickened. Has his spirit quickened. This imparted new life begins with a new nature as well. Hence, there now exist both two lives and two natures in the believer. The soul life and the spirit life on the one side, the sin nature and God's nature on the other side. These two natures, old and new, sinful and godly, are fundamentally unlike, irreconcilable, and unmixable. The new and the old daily strive for authority over the whole man. Over the whole man. During this initial stage, the Christian is a babe in Christ because he is yet fleshly. Most variable and pain, most painful of his experiences, punctuated by both success and failures. Later on, he comes to know the deliverance of the cross and learns how to exercise faith and reckoning the old man as crucified with Christ. He's thereby free from the sin which he's which is paralyzed the body. This old man crucified. Oh, I ain't gonna read all that. With his old man crucified, the believer is empowered to overcome and enjoy his actual experience and promise that sin will have no dominion over you. With sin under his feet and all lust and passions of the flesh behind his back, the believer now enters a new realm. He may picture himself wholly spiritual. When he turns to, when he turns to eye of those who remain entangled in sin, he cannot have but feel elated and wonder how he has reached the summit of spiritual life. Little does this one realize that this far, that far from being completely spiritual, he still remains partially carnal. He is yet a soulless or carnal Christian. Why is it so? For we see the soul life continues through the cross. We see that the soul life continues, though the cross has dealt with the believer's sinful nature. It is true that every sin erupts from the sinful nature with the soul simply a willing servant. Nevertheless, the soul is inherited from Adam cannot avoid being infected with Adam's fall. It may not be entirely defiled, however. It is natural and quite un- unlike God's life. The corrupted old man is the believer has died, but the soul remains the power behind his wall. On the one hand, the sinful nature has been drastically touched, but on the other, the soul life still persists and therefore cannot escape being soulish. Although the old man may cease to direct the soul, the latter continues to energize the daily walk of man. Since God's nature has replaced his sinful nature, all man's inclinations, desires, and wishes are naturally good. So unlike his former unclean state, it must not be overlooked. However, that will execute these new desires and wishes continues to be the old power. It continues to be the old soul power. To depend upon the soul life to carry out the wish of the spirit is to use natural human force to accomplish the supernatural divine goodness. This is simply trying to f- fulfill God's demand with self-strength. In such a condition, the believer is still weak and positively doing right, even though negatively he has overcome sin. 
Few of those disposed honestly to acknowledge their weaknesses and incapability and lean utterly upon God, who will confess his, useless, his uselessness is he has is he has not been humbled by the grace of God. Man takes pride in his prowess. For this reason, he can hardly entertain the thought of trusting the Holy Spirit for doing right, but is sure to correct and prove his former behavior by soul power. The danger for him in attempting to please God with his own power, instead of learning to be strengthened with might and the Spirit through the Holy Spirit, so that he may follow the dictates of the new nature. In point of fact, his spiritual life is still in infancy, not having grown yet to that maturity wherein he is able to manifest every virtue of God's nature. If the believer fails to wait humbly and to rely entirely upon God, he inevitably enjoy, employs his natural solical vitality to meet God's requirements placed upon his children. He does not understand that however good the human outlook his efforts may appear to be, they can never please God. Because by doing so, he is mingling what is what of God with that what is man, expressed in heavenly desire by means of earthly power. And the consequence... He fails miserably to be spiritual and continues to abide in the soul. Man does not know what soul life is. Simply put, it is what we customarily term self-life. It is a serious mistake not to distinguish between sin and self. Many of the Lord's people view these two as one and the same entity, where they do not recognize that both in Bible teaching and in spiritual experience, they are distinctive. Sin is what defiles, is against God, and is totally wicked. Self may not necessarily be so, on the contrary, it can at times be very respectable and helpful and lovely. Take, for example, the soul in relation to Bible reading, certainly most commendable activity. Attempting to understand the Holy Bible when one's native talent or ability is not considered sinful, yet approaching the Bible in this way is undeniably the work itself. Soul winning, too, if accompanied by methods that accord, merely one's own thought will be full of self. And how often, how often pursuit after spiritual growth originates in the natural self, perhaps only because we cannot bear the thought of falling behind or because we seek some personal gain. Bluntly stated, the doing the good is not sin, but the manner, methods, and motives in such good doing may be suffered with ourselves. It, it sources man's natural goodness, not the supernatural kind given by the Holy Spirit through regeneration. Many are intimately merciful, patient, and tender, now, for those who show mercy or patience or tenderness is not committing sin, but because these good traits belong to the natural life, not work of the self that cannot be accepted by God as something spiritual. These acts are performed not by complete reliance upon God's spirit, but by trust in the self-strength. These few examples illustrate how sin and self do different from each other. As we proceed in our spiritual walk, we just should discover many more instances of how sin may be absent, how sin may be absent but self fully present. It seems almost inevitable that self will creep into the most holy work and noblest spiritual walk. I'm going to just stop it there. Okay. Um, i got to make a call. I'm going to come back and reread it. Good morning. Oh, it's Mr. Richardson. What's up, Mr. Richardson? I finally, finally came, Commander. Good morning. Is that Erica? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. I was in your city last evening. Huh? 
I was in your city last evening. I don't want to hear that foolishness. And then you didn't call nobody? No, you don't know. And after that last moment, my cousin from Newark, she came down. We had to take it to the airport, and it was raining so badly. In fact, I was going over. So you couldn't call and say I'm in your town? Uh, and so um, yeah, right. he, he was trying to tell me how to get there. We couldn't see. It was raining that right rain. I'm like, you right here at my house. You right here. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But you you telling me to turn on this road here. But then again, when I end up in this community, you're not telling me how to get your house. I said, forget it. I've gone on back to talk to you. Again, you didn't call to even just say hi. And so that was that. Huh? And so I just came on back. I just was uh, down in I said, you ain't answer my question. What? So you couldn't call to say hi. Oh, Or even no. send a text to say. Yeah. Oof. Well, it was, we didn't really get out. You know how the airport is. You couldn't stop and everything. You know that airport is. You stopped to do something. Nothing. Nothing. No more to put them out the car and go. Okay, that was long enough. <laughs> no, we was rushing though, really was. And so I'll be back down there. Sooner okay. than the page. I'll see how you do, folks. Whew. That's a shame, Arthur. I know, right? I wanted to be on the call at 6 this morning. We didn't get here to get back until what, about? It was one thirty my time, so I know it was 2.30 your time. You was under, boo. It wasn't one. It wasn't two thirty when you got here, though. Is what I'm saying. No, it, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. I'm sorry. And you all way on the other side of the city, Mama. And baby, I, you passed. Believe it or not, you were closer to me than you think. Really? I'm not saying stop to see me. You could have at least called. I could have. I could have. Where, where, where you live over there? I live in downtown Decatur. Okay. I love that song. You would what you sent me with um you were worth saving by Anthony Brown and Group Therapy. Mm-hmm. Yes, yesterday yes, was yes. my first time hearing it. I never heard it until you sent me that text. Yesterday was my first time hearing it on the uh, radio, and so I, you know. I was on my way to church when I heard it, and so I had to play that again. And I played yeah. it. Let me send that because uh, he's saying something in that song right there now. You thought I was worth saving, <laughs> so uh-huh. you gave your life. Yes, right. you gave me chills going through my body. Yeah. Yep, yep.
Hi, Maria. She doing fine. She's been on the day. She been on. She was on earlier. Okay, I'm back. I'm going to do the reading again. You sang that one like that, too. You thought I was worth saving, but you gave your life. Now, that's something to have a talk with God about. You know what I'm saying? That whole song. That whole song. To me on my way to church yesterday. After, wait a minute. I'm going to have to look this up. I never heard that. Matter of fact, I was on, I had pulled up to church, and I, I liked it so much with that being my first time hearing it. I just stayed parked. I said, I'm, I'm going to have to wait until this song over with right here. That's a whole. Uh, that's a. Uh, that's a whole. You can. Uh, you can preach all that right there. I think that's his uh, new song. So that's a new release. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, y'all ready for the reading again? Please, your. It says, when we say the soul is the natural life of man, we mean it is a power which preserves us alive in the flesh. Our soul is our life. The original word employed in Genesis 1, 21 and 24, for human beings and other living creatures share this in common. This is a power we naturally possess and by which we have before our regeneration. It is a life of which every man has. The Greek lexicon gives the original meaning of psyche, as animal life, so that soul life is what makes man a living creature. It belongs to the natural, though the soul life not necessarily be evil, since many sins have been overcome by believers through the old man being crucified with Christ, yet it remains natural. It is the life of man, hence it is most human. It makes man a perfectly human being. Perhaps it is good, loving, and humble. Nonetheless, it is human. So basically, he's saying our soul is human. That 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 aspect of us is is human, and everybody's that way. This life is entirely distinct from the new life. From the Holy Spirit gives us a new birth. What the Holy Spirit imparts is God's uncreated life. This this other is but man's created life. The Holy Spirit grants us supernatural power. This other is merely the natural. The Holy Spirit gives the Zoe. This other is the psych. Life is that power within a man which animates every member of his body. 
Hence, this inward solical power finds expression through the outward physical activity. The outward activity is but the effect of the inner power. What therefore lies unseen behind the activity is the substance of life. All we naturally are is included in that life. That is our soul life. Okay. Soul life supplies the energy for executing whatever is commanded. If the spirit rules, the soul will be directed by the spirit to exercise its volition, to decide or to do on behalf of the spirit's desire. If, however, sin reigns in the body, the soul will be enticed by sin into using its volition to decide or to do what sin desires. The soul works according to its master for functions and execution of order. So we kind of like back like what we talked about last time where we're just puppets. We're puppets. We're either going to flow with the sin or we're going to flow with the spirit, but we're just puppets. <laughs> the soul works according to its master for its function and its execution orders. Prior to man's fall, it committed its power to the spirit's direction, but after the fall, it responded completely to sin's coercion. Because man turned into a fleshy being, the sin which afterwards reigned in the body became man's nature, enslaving the soul and the life of man and compelling him to walk after sin. And this way, sin became man's nature, while soul became man's life. Man's life. So now he's differentiating between our nature and our life. He said, I'm going to read that again, because man turned into a fleshly being. I'm going to say, prior to man's fall, it committed its power to the spirit's direction. But after the fall, it responded completely to sin's coercion. Because man turned into a fleshly being, this sin, which afterward reigned in the body, became man's nature, enslaving the soul and the life of man and compelling him to walk after sin. And this way, sin became man's nature, while soul became man's life. We often treat life and nature as synonymous and co-significant. Strictly speaking, they are different. Life will be appear as much broader than nature. <clears throat> Each life possesses a special nature, which being the natural principle of existence, includes life disposition and desires. While we were yet sinners, our life is our soul and our nature is sin. By the soul we live and the disposition and desire of our life are according to sin. To put it in another way, what decides our walk is sin, but what supplies the strength to walk in that fashion simply is the soul. The nature of sin initiates while the life of the soul energizes. Mm. Sin originates, soul executes. Such is the condition of an unbeliever. Alrighty then. When a believer accepts the grace of our Lord Jesus in being his substitute on the cross, although he may remain woefully ignorant of his being crucified with Christ, he is given God's life nonetheless and has his spirit quickened. This imparted new life brings with it a new nature as well. Hence, there now exists both two lives and two natures in the believer. The soul life and the spirit life on the one side, the sin nature and God's nature on the other. These two natures, old and new, sinful and godly, are fundamentally unalike, irreconcilable and unmixable. The new and the old daily strive for authority over the whole man. During this initial stage, the Christian is a babe in Christ because he is yet fleshly. Most variable and most painful are his experiences, punctuated by both successes and failure. Later on, he comes to know the deliverance of the cross and learns how to exercise faith in reckoning the old man 
as crucified with Christ. He is thereby free from sin that which paralyzes his body. With the old man crucified, the believer is empowered to overcome and enjoys an actual experience. The promise that sin will have no dominion over you. So basically what he's saying is once we become born again, now we have two natures inside of us. First, we just got the sin nature, okay, and that's what's reigning in our bodies. But then we become born again. We got the old and the new, the sinful and the godly, and they're both inside of us, just, just, just battling all the time. So when we're sinners, we don't have that going. We don't have that battle inside of us. We're just sinners. But now when we become born again, our spirits regenerated. Now we got you got a war going on inside of you. And you wonder why children of God are crazy. With sin on his feet and all lusts and passions of the flesh behind his back, the believer now enters a new realm. He may picture himself wholly spiritual. When he turns to eye those others who remain entangled in sin, he cannot but feel elated and wonder how he has reached the summit of his spiritual life. Little does this one realize that far from being completely spiritual, he still remains partially carnal. He is yet a soulish or carnal Christian. Mm. Why is this so? For we see that the soul life continues, though the cross has dealt with the believer's sinful nature. So in other words, we st- we have the spirit regenerated, but we're still carnal. And we haven't matured or grown up to that point to get an understanding of how to be delivered from my soul, from my sinful nature. It is true that every sin erupts from the sinful nature with the soul simply a willing servant. Nevertheless, the soul as inherited from Adam cannot avoid being infected with Adam's fall. It may not be entirely defiled, however. It is natural and quite unlike God's life. Because remember, we got both lives, the spirit. We got the soul and the spirit that are going to war each other, so they're both inside of us. So it may not be entirely defiled, however. It is natural and quite unlike God's life. The corrupted old man in, in the believer has died, but his soul remains the power behind his walk. On the one hand, the sinful nature has been drastically touched, but on the other hand, the self-life still persists and therefore cannot escape being soulish. Although the old man may cease to direct the soul, the latter continues to energize the daily walk of man. Since God's nature has replaced his sinful nature, all man's inclinations, desires, and wishes are naturally good, so unlike his former unclean state, it must not be overlooked, however, that what executes these new desires and wishes continues to be the old soul power. So again, he's breaking down how we still can be yet soulish and still walk according to our flesh. To depend upon the soul life to carry out the wish of the spirit is to use natural or human force to accomplish the supernatural divine goodness. This is simply trying to fulfill God's demands with self-strength. In such a condition, the believer is still weak and positively doing right, even though negatively he has overcome sin. Few of those disposed honestly to acknowledge their weakness and incapability and to lean utterly upon God. Who will confess his unuselessness is he who has not been humbled by the who will confess his uselessness as he has, if he has not been humbled by the grace of God. Man takes pride in his prowess. For this reason he can hardly hardly entertain the thought of trust in the Holy Spirit for doing right, but is sure to correct and improve his former behavior by his soul power. The danger for him in attempting to please God with his own power instead of learning to be strengthened with might and the spirit life through the Holy Spirit so he may follow the dictates of his new nature. 
In point of fact, his spiritual life is still in infancy, not having grown yet to that maturity wherein he is able to manifest every virtue of God's nature. If the believer fails to wait humbly and rely entirely upon God, he inevitably employs his natural solical vitality to meet God's requirements placed upon his children. He does not understand that however good to the human outlook his efforts may be, they can never please God, because by doing so, he is mingling what is of God with what is of man, expressing heavenly desire by means of earthly power. He fails miserably to be spiritual and continues to abide in the soul. So now, again, he's talking about how we, how our soul and our spirit, the two different things that we can still walk in our soul being saved and not really walking in the spirit by being spirit-led. Man does not know what soul life is. Simply put, it is what was customarily termed self-life. It is a serious mistake not to distinguish between sin and self. Many of the Lord's people view these two as one and the same entity. What they do not recognize is that both in biblical teaching and in spiritual experiences, they are distinctive. Sin is what defiles. It is against God and is totally wicked. Self may not necessarily be so. On the contrary, it can at times be very respectable, helpful, and lovely. Take, for example, the soul in relation to Bible reading, certainly a most commendable activity. Attempting to understand the whole of one's native talent or ability is not considered sinful, yet approaching the Bible in this way is undeniably the work itself. So winning too if accompanied by methods if accompanied by methods that work so winning too if accompanied by methods that accord merely with one's own thought will be full of self. How in pursuit after spiritual growth originates in the natural self perhaps only because we cannot bear the thoughts of falling behind or because we seek some personal gain. Bluntly stated, the doing of good is not sin, but the manner, methods, or motive in such good doing may be surfeited with ourself. It sources man's natural goodness, not the supernatural kind given by the Holy Spirit through regeneration. Many are intimately and innately merciful, patient, and tender. Now for those to show mercy or patience or tenderness is not committing sin, but because these good traits belong to the natural life and are the work itself, they cannot be accepted by God as something spiritual. These acts are performed not by complete reliance upon God's spirit, but by trust in the self-strength. These few examples illustrate how sin and self do differ from each other. As we proceed in our spiritual walk, we should discover many more instances of how sin may be absent, but self fully present. It almost seems inevitable that self will creep into the most holy work and the noblest spiritual walk. All righty. You know, that sounds, you know, you know, I always say that <clears throat> a lot of the things that we do in our other professions are really taken from biblical principles. We just want to name it or title it something else so that it wouldn't have that um, stigma, so to speak, of Christianity or of the Bible. But um, what you just said um, is in in the counseling and psychology profession, there's this argument of nature versus nurture. And it's, um, it's sort of related to if things are the things that people do, I guess, or our behavior, 
our habits, our personality, our sexuality, um, aggressive tendencies, you know, things like that. Um, if they are, I guess, influenced by um, nature or nurture, as a, you know, in terms of, you know, someone who acts a certain way, do they, you know, is the influence because they lived in a two-parent household as opposed to a one-parent household, and they were allowed freedoms or luxuries that um, another didn't have, or is it the fact that they were in a one-parent household and, you know, the parent wasn't there that often because they they were more so at work than at home with their child? But that's sort of what you... I mean, that's, that's, I think that's where the nature versus nurture argument is talking about the same thing. They're just putting in in terms of trying to assess one's behavior, mental ability. And, again, it even goes into the behavior uh, comparable to what you just read in regard to it, whether it was, um, I mean, I wrote down a couple of titles, whether it was carnality versus spirituality, uh, like you said, Sin nature versus God's nature or sin versus soul. I mean, there are so many, you know, relative comparisons that you read with that. Mm. So, you know, uh, you know, and a lot of us are leaning on this, um, you know, I guess to justify this is my personal opinion that we we lean on this nature versus nurture thing to um, justify our behaviors or our decisions and choices. Hello? It's a whole lot of stuff. The nature versus nurture is more along the lines of scientific and psychology as opposed to, you know, spirituality, even though they do try to throw that uh, spiritual component in there somewhere. You already know how, unless you're, you know, into um, pastoral counseling or something like that, you already know pretty much how they see that. And it pretty much boils down that to what, you know, side you're leaning on. Leaning towards leaning on um you know, seeing side or the spirit side. Understanding, you know, who you are or who you identify with if you identify with being a child of God and understanding what your challenges are. And life being born in the flesh, born in sin. And the tussle that you have or the fight, as you said earlier, the fight that's within between, you know, sin and spirit. Because sin wants to have its way. It's definitely going to put up a battle, put up a fight 
the rule. Oh. Is this the three of them from the line? Uh huh. Uh, yep. It is. It is. Oh boy. <laughs> Fall into the gap. Uh, you know, I just wish I could lay down and wake up and everything would be fixed. You can if you believe that. I don't know how many times you're going to have to lay down, though. <laughs> you know what, baby girl, the problem is it don't get fixed by me laying down. Hell, it's hard enough getting fixed by me moving around and trying to take, trying to get it taken care of. Wow. Mm. I mean, if I wake up in uh, La La Land or when I wake up in heaven and it don't matter, then, you know, but. Uh. Yep. <laughs> I sit up there listening to you talk about <laughs> about uh, soul and nature. Now, this is this is funny. My daughter, well, you know, she's always on the computer. So she goes on the internet and she finds out that our cat has some some mother issues because she was separated from her mother at a young age. That's why she goes around chewing on, on furry stuff. Okay. Have a separation anxiety. Right, right. Okay. I'm like, really? Come on now. That's what the, that's what Google whatever said. Yeah, I said, you know what? They will find a reason for everything. Didn't you hear me say? <laughs> the sad part is we rely on it to validate or mm. justify some of our stances and principles and thoughts mm. and values. Mm. And this is the reason why I think this way. Just like Arthur was saying some time ago about kids with the IEP, how they're using it, you know, in, as to their advantage, you know, because they know about it and they know what type of benefits that it will allow them to have. But And that's only because they, you know, it's useful for them at the moment, <clears throat> not really understanding and realizing that it's actually labeling them. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I have a friend whose son just had the power beard two weeks ago. He might have reached 30-some years old. 
And I commend the mother because the mother is around our age. And she refused to allow him to be labeled. And, in fact, he you could tell that he had some type of birth defect. He was going through some type of tropsy or whatever. It was a form of a Down syndrome. But she would not accept a check. She would not allow him to be put into a special education class. When he graduated from high school, now, granted, he was some college material, not even junior college material. But that boy got out, and he worked every day of his life. And I would see him out, and he would say, hi, there Arthur, Mr. Arthur, whatever, you know, just talking. He would just greet everybody. He was so, Tony was so loving. Everybody loved it. And um, his mother said he's going to work somewhere. If he don't do nothing but work at his agreed at Walmart. And so basically he worked at Publix. And when she went to wake him up, he wasn't. He didn't wake up. You, you know that, like, it kind of, like, hurt her. And she mm-hmm. said, but I would not allow my child to become a part of that system. Mm-hmm. He had the ability to learn and do anything that he wanted to do, and he did. Played baseball on a, on a team and everything. You know, probably wasn't a professional team, but he played through the community. Whenever he played with the team and everything, and it just shows you we allow our children to be sucked into these little gimmicks, should I say that that that, that the world has to offer? Because we all can teach somebody. You can learn something from somebody. Hmm. Well, I think we're still lost because. You know, we take that knowledge is power stuff too far. You know, we allow our kids to know too much when they're not at the place where they're responsible enough to have that information. Mm. We keep things away from kids for a reason. We And we keep it away from them, you know, for a length of time for a reason. Because... Right. Because if we know, if we have certain information, you know, at a certain time in our life and we're not yet at a mature enough phase to understand what it is and how harmful it could be, because information can be harmful, just like it can be helpful. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Knowledge can be harmful, just like it can be helpful. and. A, I mean, my own bias, again, um, sometimes society put us in a place to let our kids know too much because they know that they're not mature enough to handle it. Mm. So they get out there and they, um, you know, they mishandle the information and they end up in these situations that they can't get out of. You know, why 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 have sex? Why molest a young child? They're not even old enough to understand what sex is. Mm, right. So they grow up just remembering certain things that they engage in certain behaviors and not really knowing and understanding. And then once they get to a certain phase of life, when they get a little bit more information but still not understanding, they indulge in a lifestyle that's not proper for them. But they don't know yet. They just know of the act. They don't know of the repercussions until they 
to years later or sometime later when it has caused the damage that it has caused. Jesus. The same with alcohol and stuff. You know, we give responsibilities to, and and I, I can honestly say, all a lot of the times it doesn't necessarily have to do with age. It just has to do with the maturation of understanding. Hmm. Because we do know in other situations and scenarios that you can, that, you know, hey, when you look at Jesus, he was prepared at the age of 12. You know, you know, he, his parents was looking for him. Mm-hmm. You know, at one point, he, um, you know, they knew who he was, but yet and still as a mother, they were still looking for him. But what? He was about his father's business, so he was gallivanting. He was doing what he had to do. But all children are not that knowledgeable, and it has a lot to do with the foundation and the grooming that's given them. Hell, half adults ain't even responsible. So that's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> you see the mouth full of Okay. You see the half of them, you about to probably say three fourths of adults are not responsible. Right. It's sad to say that we put so many adults in a big old pool of, uh, of, of, of ones who are not responsible, but it's just, it is what it is. Mm. You know? Because I'm looking at the, the girl, I'm, and I'm not, yes, I am talking about her. I guess I am, and it's not some gossip person. Here it is, my cousin. Well, I took the sister back to, to the airport yesterday to fly back to New York. But her older sister, who was, what, 41 years old, just had a baby. The baby's Down syndrome. He has a couple of holes in his heart. Now, she, the baby could be either one or two men. The one who she wanted to be is a thug. Just got out of prison. I'm like, Mom, what does he do? Oh, he works at McDonald's. And he's out there. He, he sells weed. I'm like, oh. I said, now, here you got Devon. He's not a college graduate, but he works at Wells Fargo. And Devon has to have some type of extra chromosome because of simple facts on one of his hands, I'm thinking it's the right hand, there's two fingers. Then his thumb is like two fingers way up together, all the way up to the very tip of it. No, this is Jamal's baby. This is not Devon's baby. I said, baby, let me tell you something. I, I, I've taught genetics, I've studied genetics, and I know genetics. In order for that baby to receive an extra chromosome, not to the fact that you was beyond childbearing age, but the fact that, look at Devon. Devon has an extra chromosome because he only has three fingers on one finger, and his thumb and his, I guess this here would be the finger that we turn the page with, his index finger, are way up together. So that lets you know there's an extra chromosome there. She don't want it to be Devon's baby. Now, granted, Devon is not a college graduate. He was a, He became a loan officer through a bank. These people have gone and given this boy his own store, Well Fargo. He loves her and gives her the world and gives that baby the world. So you about the dumbest 
I can't say the word that I said because you know, I call it, I know it's being recorded. But I came out that other bag of word terms that I have. I said because so the, if this man here is took you to the doctor's office, paying for all your medical expenses, got the baby in health care insurance, put the baby on his thing, even if it's not his baby, doggone, I'd make it his baby. I would let it be first of his firstborn who you want to be his, be, be the baby daddy. First of all, he's younger than you. He's a prison. He's a prison bound. He's selling dope, so that means he's going back to prison. Then he works at McDonald's. He can't support you and that baby. Instead of going to get a DNA test and see who the father is. I need to call Murray so he can tell her you are not the father. <laughs> you ever settle for, and, and both of the boys know about each other, and both of the boys, well, Devon also want to claim the baby. The other boy, the drug dealer, does want to claim the baby. But my point is, you wanted to be this young boy so badly because what is it you love about this Jamal or Jamel or whatever that boy name? Talk to the simple fact is he, he, can, he can come in there and pass his way with you on your inwards or, or win a little bit better than the next person. I'm like, come on, Mo, you got to use your head now. He had him in the car last night. That's the reason why I really didn't. He was irritable, the little baby was. And um, he got hold, two holes in his heart and all of this here, and he has this Down syndrome. You know the characteristics of a Down syndrome, um, um, Erica. I know you do. And Sam probably does too. But when are we going to stop thinking with our bodies and start thinking with our heads? Mm. You just want so, you just want to hit people personally, huh? Yeah, yeah. But my thing is, she just wants the she wants the physical feel, not to leave her, when she got somebody else to care for who needs her more. But isn't that what we all do? Don't we all go through that? Well, you know. That relationship part, that SEX part, it only lasts with 15, 20. If they're good, they might go 30, and then they can come back and repeat the cycle again and give you a little and, and, and stretch it out a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, you got to keep with somebody else. That's back to that cat having separation anxiety from a parent. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's what, I mean, we all know that, but sometimes we, I mean, consciously and subconsciously we react. And and that's what Sam was talking about in the reading. It's so easy to do the sinful part or the fleshly part, and we will find a reason to justify it. But even in the, at the end, even if the little drug dealer is the baby, and the boy who's the banker, the bank president, should I say, making the six figures, still accepting of the baby. I have to go with the money. If I take the banker for 1000 Alex, <laughs> you know, not because of the, of the SDX part, but he can provide for my child. But see, that's maturity. 
Mm. <laughs> yeah. And that, you know, but maturity comes, I mean, and when you mature, you make uh, more sound decisions. Am I not correct? Yes, you do. Yeah. You, make, you know what? But even yeah. getting back to what the reading was saying, after we have suffered defeat, and we have gone through situations, circumstances, and then, like, say, you know, and we realize that, that it ain't worth it or we get caught up in stuff. Cause not, it's funny because mm-hmm. you could, in a young marriage, and I've, I hear them laugh about this I'm talking. In a young marriage, a man or woman would get upset when one of them is out kicking with somebody else. An old marriage has been there. A woman, you go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it, honey. I mean, I ain't got to be bothered with him as long as he brings home the money. <laughs> I mean, see, your priorities change as we get older. Our understanding of life changes as we get older. So, you know, a lot of times you just got to you just got to live and get your butt kicked long enough until you get a greater understanding of there's some bigger things or bigger things at stake than we recognize, you know, or want to deal with. You we I I'm not gonna say because I Sam you well I can't say I don't know how your household went as when you were growing up but I know Erica and probably could identify this with me especially being there with her mother you look for that mother as being that protector that one that you could always run to whether you falling down and you was getting a boo boo on your knees or something or. Something or something was, and that mother was always a nurturer. People got to realize, and in, in, in Simone's case, Simone, you got to realize you got two kids, one 13, 14 years old, who you said she can have a boyfriend now that she met on the doggone internet. Come on now, that's problem number one. So you you missing a chromosome. <laughs> Secondly, that's the way right. I see it. Then you got this special needs child. Are you not realizing at some point that God is getting your attention, that your children need you? You are to be a nurturer. You are to be a nurturer. We're looking for our mothers to be nurturers, protectors of us. And most men expect for the woman to be nurturers and protectors and to help raise for that child while they go out and be a provider if they're present. But you always looking for your mother to be that nurturer. Just like that cat is biting on furry stuff, that cat wanted a mother. That child, especially that special needs child, definitely needs a mother as of this point. That 14-year-old girl needs a mother at this point to teach her how to become a young lady because she's about to enter into adulthood in four more years at the most. How to care for her body, how to what to expect from a relationship when you do get into a relationship, what is good love, what is bad love. Yeah, you're right. And, 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 and you're looking for that from a mother, you know. I'm not saying you're not looking for it from a father because you see the daughters love a father just as hard as the, as the sons love the mother, but still the same. you each, both of those sexes, male and female, as a child, they're looking for that love, first of all, for that mother because that's the one who knew that child best. Because that mother knew that child from basically from the time that he was planted, the seed was planted in her whole womb. That became child a part of that mother. 
And and, and and I think that we have it backwards. Because mothers were talking, I knew you before you knew me. No, I think it's the other way around. That child knew you before you knew he, knew it. It knew your sense, your feel, your touch, your smell. It knew where it can grow within you. Mm. Now, before I could think independently, yeah, you knew me and you studied my behaviors before I knew myself. But first of all, I knew you before you knew me. Breaking some stuff down now, brother. I ain't going to (laughs) lie. But I don't know the way we think. I'm I'm upset with myself because I didn't wake up at six o'clock to get my my morning prayer call. I woke up. I didn't even get my first beginning of your of this prayer call. I'm upset with myself because now I've gotten lazy within two days. <laughs> wait, uh, wait a minute. And you sound surprised. <laughs> wow. Go ahead, say something smart. <laughs> I know. No, but I already knew you were gonna have a relationship with that bed. Cause look, I I don't have to get up. I ain't mad. I'm, I'm just laying in late. I probably would have gotten up if I had not. You know, I had to go back to the um, doctor Friday, and they found a uh, fracture on my third, fourth, and fifth cervical uh, vertebrae, and so they got me taking the pain meds, which I don't do well at all. They found a fracture. Yeah, from, from the accident. Yeah, my, my neck. Yeah. And so I had to go to radiology Friday. I had to go back to the – well, I had to go to the insurance company first because, like I said, this guy's insurance company is not from here. It's some type of Bristol-wide nation. Never heard of it. I was waiting on the call since Friday, so I had to go over there and take to my insurance company Friday. Then I had to go to my doctor to see him again. And then they sent me back over to radiology, and they looked at the x-rays because they couldn't see the first day because when I first initially went because the back is – the muscle was swollen. Oh, okay. And, and they couldn't get a good reading of it. So I had to go have another one done. And I started taking that, what is it, methylcarbamol, roboxin, in other words. They said it wasn't strong, but to me, it's strong. Anything pain me has knocked me out. Okay. And it had me locked up to the point when I was, like I was swimming and drowning. Hmm. I didn't even go to get a chance to go to church yesterday from taking that medicine. I, I said, I'm just going to do this pain. But I took one last night after that ride from the Atlanta because it was hurting. Mm-hmm. And they had me gone. And Sam, don't sit up and talk. I don't like no bed like that. I could be doing something constructive. Okay. Such as getting on your nerves. <laughs> I got 70 more days and I can do that. <laughs> oh, that's all you got for break, 17 days before summer school start or whatever? No, I said 70. Oh, 70. Oh, oh okay, okay. Uh-huh, so like right in your age range, 70. Oh, no, he didn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, Erica, you still on the line? Did you break off? He probably had to hush for a minute. Yeah, I wanted to read something to him. You can go ahead. 
Hey, this is I was going to I might as well read it to you now. It's this book called uh Reality Therapy: A New Approach to Psychiatry. Wow. And I was just reading you you up and already. <laughs> you say reality therapy. A new approach to psychiatry is written, written by William Glasser, MD. Okay, wait a minute. William Glasser. Uh huh. G L G L A S S E R. Uh huh. I'm gonna just read this first paragraph or two out of the foreword. Uh huh. It says this is an extraordinarily significant book. Readers themselves discover that it is courageous, unconventional, and challenging. And future developments, will I predict, show that it is also scientifically and human sound. For more than a decade now, it has been evident that something is seriously amiss in contemporary psychiatry and cynical, clinical psychology. Under the sway of Freudian psychoanalysis, these disciplines have not validated themselves either diagnostically or therapeutically. Their practitioners as persons have not manifested any exceptional grasp on the virtues and strengths they purportedly help others to acquire, and the impact of their philosophy of life and conception of man and society as a whole has been subtly subversive. <laughs> I ain't going to read no more. I just, I just thought that was interesting. <clears throat> read that little part again, because I don't if you read, you was reading it to Erica, but I guess since I'm on here, I'm hearing it once again. Okay. It says, this is an extraordinarily significant book. Readers themselves discover that it's courageous, unconventional, and challenging. Any future developments, will I predict, show that it's also scientifically and humanly sound. For more than a decade now, it has been evident that something is seriously amiss in contemporary psychiatry and clinical psychology. Under the sway of Freudian psychoanalysts, these disciplines have not validated themselves either diagnostically or therapeutically. Their practitioners, as persons, have not manifested any exceptional grasp on the virtues and strengths they purportedly help others to acquire. And the impact of the philosophy of life and conception of man and society as a whole has been subtly subversive. Okay. Well, I'm going to read the next chapter. It says, because they were main losers, laymen were the first to become vocal in their discontent and distrust and cynicism. But today there's a shaking of the foundations in the professional circles as well. For example, a state hospital superintendent had recently told me, yes, we too think we have a good hospital here. At least we aren't doing the patients any harm, and that's progress. In the past, we psychiatrists have often spread the disease we were supposedly treating. <laughs> Yeah. I just figured you'd find that interesting. I can't stand you. Thank you. <laughs> what? I just, it just, just, you okay? I just. <clears throat> well, I guess we take prayer requests. Um, guys, coming to fix my truck. I take one. I need one. Uh, I 
And don't go oohing and all and growling and stuff like that. Just go on and play with the Lord, chew on you, whatever, and be through with it because it makes me nervous. <laughs> These times are so comical. Yeah, pretty much. All right. I don't bullshit, Sean, brochure, Shaduko, Robosha, Randisha, Shadiriko, Robosa, and that a cossation, a cosandro, 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 Parambrandro, cosation, a corombo, cosandro, cosation, a caranda, cosa. No, Rombrandro, cosate. Yo, Yes, Father. But I'm going to speak what you want me to speak. There are spirits around you that don't want you to grab hold of what God is showing and telling you. There are spirits around you that constantly speak to you about your past, about your failures, about your hurt and your pain. There are spirits around you that immediately when the Word of God comes and presents itself to you, they say the exact opposite. They are in your ear on a consistent basis trying to get you to sway, to turn around, or to quit. That's their assignment. They're not going anywhere. Only when you rise up, walk, confess, and speak, and move in accordance to what God calls you to do, that's what's going to make them move. Confessing the word of God. Letting them begin to recognize that you're going to move regardless of what they say. That's what's going to make them turn around. They're doing their job. They're on an assignment. They they don't want to go back because, see, if they go back a loser, if they go back saying we, we lost this one, if they go back and saying, well, 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 boss, this didn't work, then they're in trouble. Then they're getting up behind his kick. So they, they, they choose. See, you just got to outgrow them, I guess, is ultimately what has to happen. You just has to outgrow them. You have to endure to the end. You have to trust God. You have to confess. You have to speak. Or you have to shut up. You have to do whatever is needed and required. And it's a struggle at times. And it wears on you. Mm, my God, it wears on you, especially especially when you're worn and you're beaten or, or when everything contrary comes at you. And see, that's and really, that, that's again, when everything contrary comes at you, that's when the past failures come and that past hurt and that pain. And this resound, it, it, it clangs in your ear like a loud symbol saying, you can't, you won't, you remember this, remember that. Mm. And sometimes it takes every iota of strength that you have to stay focused, to stay committed, to stay on God's track. And you have to walk that walk. Can't nobody walk it for you. 
and most won't understand. So you just learn you don't even get in there, don't you? Because it's a waste of strength. It's a, most won't understand. Well, all you got to do is why are you worried about why they don't understand the the, the spiritual dynamics that are going on. Because, see, it's not that God has, is setting you free. You're already freed. You're already anointed. You're already released according to him. Now it's time for you to rise up to that. See, see, just like we're reading about the self and the soul and the spirit and, and, and that we're crucified, he, he has two different applications. We are already crucified. Our flesh is already crucified with Christ. But it's up to us to walk in that. It's up to us to recognize and let let let, let the, the Spirit of God carry us. It's already an accomplished fact, but it's up to us to walk it out. So God has anointed you to rise above everything that you're doing. And God has anointed you to walk into your death. God has already has the plan, but it's up to you to Confess it, to speak it, to see it, and to trust him and to walk regardless of what you see, what you feel, or what you understand, or what you trust. Nobody can do it for you. And it's up to you to do whatever is necessary to hold the course. Whatever is needed to, to, to grab hold of it and to trust God and to keep moving, to press toward the higher calling. <coughs> I understand we want to escape. We want a better way. We want something more easy. I trust and believe. Lord knows. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. But we got what we got. We got to deal with what we got to deal with. And recognize that Jesus, and I say like he will not give us anything that we can't bear because he truly knows what we can and what we cannot bear. And he truly knows that it's not, and we're going to go back to self and spirit. He truly knows that he needs to break ourselves so that we can walk in our spirit. And can't bear, it is not guilt, it is not, it is, it is not, not made up for us to walk in self to overcome the difficulties in life. It is made for us to submit ourselves to our spirit so our spirit man can lead and guide and direct us. And so that's what the Lord is doing. He's teaching you how to tap more into your spiritual man, more into you, and is pressing you. Because he is the only one that can give you what you need so you can rise up. So he's teaching you and training you how to decrease how to submit, how to grab hold of the word. And if you continue to do that, you will continue to see the word working in your life. And that will give you a strength. That will give you a peace. That will give you a trust that only he can give. And so then regardless of the situation or circumstance, you will be able to continuously walk out in the things that God has planned for your life and be victorious. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, then. Somebody touching some buttons. I 
Who else wants prayer? Well, we listen to a song then.
All right, all right, all right. Any more prayer requests? I would like you to uh, pray for me. Surely, dear, because you need it. Just because you're my friend makes you need more prayer than the average person. Well, you know what? What I want you to do first is I want you to pray for my friend Anne. Your friend She's in my office with me right now. Yeah. Your friend Anne in your office with you. Right. Hi, Hi Anne. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. So you want me to pray for you? Yes, sir. I do. That was my request. How are you going to ask her? Well, I still got to have her permission. Yeah. But, um, you just like colored people. You know what? Uh, I love you. Yeah. Let me pray for Anne. You want to make me wake up, woman. Okay. Hmm. Something I have that effect on you. That's all right. You said what? I have that effect on you. That's all right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to table that for right now. But anyway, um, and there's something that's out of place or something that's missing. I don't, I don't know what specifically. It's, it's like you you missed a turn or you missed something. You're out of position for what God, what God wants you to be. You you can't quite put your hand on it, but you you feel disgruntled. You feel you feel you feel you feel something. You can't you could you couldn't quite label it, but the reason that you feel like something's missing or you need to be somewhere doing something is because you're out of position. It's like you're going to a location and somewhere along the way you made a wrong turn. But God is a great and loving God, and he will reposition you. And actually, I'm going to pray ah, because of deception. Because of deception. Deception is a truth mixed with a lie. It sounded good, it looked good, it felt good, but it was from the enemy. And it even made sense when we were just reading about self and spirit. So in your logical man you felt led or whatever to move in this path or this direction, but it was not ordained from God. And it was, it was, it was not happenstance that you missed it. The enemy purposely misled you. Okay. But yeah. God is going to restore you. If you will listen, it's just like, like, like we're saying in the thing, recalculate. So he will, he will spiritually put you back where he desires you to go so that you can be back in sync with him. And then, like I said, it's not that you're not, not, it's not like you're out of relationship with God. I'm not saying that. But it's just with the, whatever this thing or pathway that you were on, you missed it. And, and, and that's caused that, 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 that yucky feeling that you have in your spirit, man. Father God, I want you to reposition your daughter. Reposition your daughter and place a hedge of protection around her life. 
so that she will be able to hear and to see from you clearly, to no longer miss where it is that you want her to go. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to send along her pathway whomever will build her up, strengthen her, encourage her, Father, and of course she did it, and help her to walk in accordance with what you want her to do. Father God, I'm asking that you just continue to saturate her with your spirit. Teach her how to walk in the spirit and not according to self, as we've just been reading and studying. Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you just saturate her with your anointing. Saturate her with, with your love, with your peace, with your grace. Saturate her with you, Father. And cause a shift to occur in her life, Father. A shift to occur that will begin to transport her back to where you desire her to be so she can once again get back in gear. So she can once again get that 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 zeal that she had for you. So she can once again get back to where you want her to be at. Satan, right now, I cast you away. I cast you away. I cast you away. Every deception, every hindrance, spirits, every evil scheme, I bind you right now in the name of Jesus from over her life. I plead your precious Holy Ghost anointed blood, Jesus, as you break off the yokes and the bondages and the things that have been pulling her away from you. Father God, give her the strength to stand in the gap. Give her the strength and encourage her, Father, to get back in the race. Give her the strength, Father, and the zeal to just get back up and one more time walk into the pathway that you desire her to do. Holy Spirit, reposition your daughter and love on her, Father. She needs your love more than anything else. And love covers a multitude of sins. So, Holy Spirit, I'm asking you just to love on her, Father. Love her better than any man, any woman, any mother, any father, anybody. Love on her with you, Father God. That agape love, that un- un- unmerited God, that love, Father, that's just the godly love. Just love on her, Lord, with you, Christ Jesus. And remind her that she's your child and she's your daughter. And put her back in position where you want her to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. No problem. Oh, I guess you want me to pray for you, big head. China girl. Hmm? <laughs> 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 Oh, yeah. mm, China girl with the big tongue. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know you got a whole bunch of choice words for me right now. Yeah, but that's all right. When we get off the prayer line, I'm going to give them to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, let me pray for you, woman. Oh, shake it. Oh,
I don't understand this, but I, I you know, like you have like different games that we play, and it's like a wheel. You know, like you spin the dollar, you spin the wheel, and it tell you how many moves or what position to go. I'm just envisioning it's just like a wheel that's spinning, and it's spinning extremely fast, and it's multicolored, and and I I don't really hmm that's interesting. I don't understand it. It's like it's out of control, but it's not. Hmm. It's like it's out of control, but it's not. I think what it has to deal with. Um, this is oh, you got me in this strange place right now. I I think it's got something to do with your gifting, and because of what God is doing and how you're walking, that you have a variety of opportunity and choices that you are capable of walking in and directions and that you have the ability to choose. And at times, I think because it's spinning so fast, you, you, you don't even know what to do or which direction to go and, 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 and that you, you don't even really, you know, sometimes you just choose not to choose because it's just too much. It's just too much. But God is the one that has his hand on the dial that's spinning in that way. So you're trusting what he's doing, but at times you, you feel like it's just too much. And and and, and, and where am I going? Oh, that's it. And where am I going to end up? That's what it is. Where are you going to end up? It's like you're walking this path. And you're trusting God, and He's putting you, moving you, and you see the transformations, and you see the turns and the twists. Some things you see, some things you don't see, but it's what really puzzles you is like, Lord, where am I going to end up? What is all this leading to? You don't even really, sometimes you think about the why, but you prefer not to think about it because you don't really want to see the answer. So the so the bigger question or or the question right underneath where am I going to end up is how long is this going to go last? How long is this going to continue to spin this way? Am I going to be able to endure? Am I going to be able to persevere? Because so many times you feel like it's just you, it's it's just too much. You're, you're out of control, but you get up and you do it again, and you do it again, and you do it again. Am I praying for you or praying for me? <laughs> you do it again, but it's just what what is what is it that you're doing, and that and and that question that you have is more is it's not like one of anxiety, where you know you know when you feel what are you doing. But it's not, no, Lord, what are you doing? It's more of a question. It's more of a, you know, I'm trusting you, but, Lord, what are you doing? And that, that, that looms. So you got the, you got the, you got, that's another question that looms large with you. I forget the, what was the first two questions, but that's another question. Lord, what are you doing? The other one's where, how fast is it going? And how, how long can I endure? And, Lord, what are you doing? But I'm seeing the transitions, I'm seeing the growth and the changes, 
And, and but Lord, what what are you doing? Mm. And, and the song now was "Fill Me Up, Lord." Mm. You play so much.
Like in the first couple of movies with Gene, you know who Gene is, the psychic. Yeah. yeah. I was the one yeah. of the. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, keep going. Well, the one that might have been like the second one when they were um, they were you know trying to get away and the tidal wave was coming or whatever, and she rescued them by blocking off the wave, but it costed her life. Hmm. And then they actually thought she was dead, but she ended up coming back as the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. You're familiar with what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get back. Oh, Lord, I can see the expression on your face all the way. You're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, what I'm asking is, are you willing to let God take all your giftings and talents and things that he has given you, and when, as you need, just to put it all out there, and and it's going to cost you tremendously, but in return, you're going to come back like the phoenix. You know, she they thought she was dead, and she, in, in a sense, she was altered. She was transfigured, but she came back with a greater strength and new powers. And I just use, I use that as an example, but it's actually, in all actuality, are you willing and will you let God do that in your life. Mm, mm, mm. See, this is the reality, and, and a lot of us are getting an understanding of this on the line. That's why, you know, when people talk about getting promotions and stuff from God, yeah, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, his way of promoting us is contrary to the way that 
we would commonly see it in the world. We see when we get a promotion on our job, we kind of happy because it's an increase in pay, or we get the this that, and the other. And it might come with it more than likely comes with more responsibility, but a promotion from God, it's got a unique twist and turn. And I, if I, I wish I could find that stuff when I, I read that about being a father, and, and how I just because I saw saw what God was doing in my life. And literally what it said is that you, and this is where you're at, and that's why that wheel was spinning. Oh, my God, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Ooh, that's why that wheel was spinning that way. Ooh, because, see, when I read it, I cried. I boo-hooed. Because, see, what it is is you you have been using all your talents and your giftings, and you've been walking and you've been listening and you've been exerting and you've just been doing and you've been doing and you've been doing, and what else can I do? And, God, I can't give no more, and what else is going to – and God then says, you ready? And then he, as the book said, and he slaps you on your back. Well, I say he kicks you in your pants. And you get put in a place – where, oh, my God, you are so forced to listen and to move in accordance with the Holy Spirit because you 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 are at your wit's end and and, and you 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 don't you 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 have to and, and see to God that's a promotion see that's what we miss it because see anything that's gonna draw us closer to God that's what he delights. But see, most of the time, unfortunately, because we're just reading about ourselves and our flesh nature, and we already said that our flesh is cursed. See, we don't even want to talk about, see, 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 our flesh is cursed. So, me, you know, everything out of our flesh today, God don't like. So, he puts us, he forces us in a position where if we move according to the flesh, we will fail. And we see it, we know, we understand it, and it hurts and it costs us. But, see, that's what he's desiring for you right now. Because, see, literally you are at your wit's end. Literally you have been using every gift and every talent, everything, every time management you've been trying to do and just just to keep yourself afloat, keep your head, mm, 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 keep your head from exploding, keep from cussing people out, keep from literally laying on hands. You've been doing all that in all your realms, in your your job, in, in, in your career that you're trying to get to, in your schooling, and with your family, and it's like everybody just seems to continuously come against you or you get tried and you just sometimes you, you literally do scream even if it's a silent scream and, and, and you just find yourself just <sighs> and he say he want to give you more and you go really? Really? Hmm. <sighs> So again, that's a promotion from God, and you don't. This is not for you to give an answer right now. This is just for you to recognize where you're at and where He wants to take you to. And that's pretty much all I can say about that right now. I should have put you on mute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, you know. Like I told you, I'm tired. I want to go to bed. Shut up.
Anyway, this is all. Let me call call this guy back about my truck. Oh, bye. I don't even want to talk to you now. <laughs> I thought he was still asleep. I'm hanging up. Make your phone call. I'll talk to you later. You guys have a great day. All right. Well, I guess if nobody else want prayer, other than that, I'm gone. Uh-huh. Amen. Good day. I <laughs> Hang up the phone. What'd you say? Hang up the phone. Bye. Hang up the phone. Bye.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.